Welcome to Compass with Hela E. Michelia. Finding direction for your life. Of grace, bless God, bless God, bless God. Wherever you are at this moment, receiving the word of God through this avenue, I just want to bless the name of the Lord for the opportunity that we have to bring the word of God. Um, God spoke to me many years ago. He said, I've called you to build up the broken walls of human life by the word. And at that time, I, I, I wanted to ask, but which way, you know, you know, and as I, as I'm growing older and understanding what God has called me to do, uh, to broadcast His word in whatever manner that is possible and is available. And that is what, uh, we are committed to, uh, through this compass, this particular platform that God has given to us. Whether you are listening on podcasts or you are listening through any radio station, it's such a blessing to bring the word of God to us today. Um, we have been teaching over the past few weeks and in this uh, new year on the, the, the life of impact. The life of impact is a life of purpose. The life of impact is a life that is working in tandem with the intentions of God. There are a lot of people who are living their life and God is not a factor in that life. That life is not a life of purpose. God wants you to live the life of purpose. And I just, I'm just taking the time today to teach on that. I'm just taking the time today. Today we're looking at lesson number eight on the life of purpose. Lesson number eight on the life of impact. And then the title of this lesson today is making God happy. Making God happy. Are you, are, are you thinking of making God happy? You know, some of us want to make our parents happy. Some of us want to make our teachers happy. Some of us want to make our pastors happy. A lot of people want to make their pastors happy. But very few people ever think of making God happy. Some of people want to make their bosses at work happy. But I want you to know that you were planned for God's pleasure. Lesson number eight, you are planned for God's pleasure. The book of Revelation chapter 4, four verse 11 says, you were created. He says, you created everything and it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created. I think we even have a song in that in, in that way. And then my friend, uh, Victoria Orenze wrote a, wrote a song. She said, I just want to make Jesus proud. I just want to make Jesus proud. Everything you do is to make Jesus proud. The greatest commendation is for Jesus to look at you and say, Well done, you good and faithful servant. The moment you were born into the world, God was there as an unseen witness, smiling at your birth. He wanted you alive, and your arrival gave him great pleasure. God did not need to create you, but he chose to create you for his own enjoyment. You exist for his benefit, his glory, his purpose, and his delight. Bringing enjoyment to God, living for his pleasure, is the first purpose of your life. When you fully understand this truth, you will never again have a problem with feeling insignificant. It proves your worth. If you are that important to God and he considers you valuable enough to keep with him for eternity, what greater significance would you have? could you have? You are a child of God and you bring pleasure to God like nothing else he has ever created. 
So this is important for you to understand. One of the greatest gifts God has given you is the ability to enjoy pleasure. He wired you with five senses and emotions so you can experience it. He wants you to enjoy life, not just endure it. The reason you are able to enjoy pleasure is that God made you in his image. So just like God, just like you enjoy pleasure, you enjoy certain things you enjoy, so also God has that capacity to also enjoy certain things. And when you make God, when you do certain things, God the, the God takes pleasure from those things. How do you bring God pleasure or how do you make God happy? Bringing pleasure to God is called worship. Bringing pleasure to God is called worship. The Bible says the Lord is pleased only with those who worship him in trust and his love anything you do that brings pleasure to god is an act of worship it's very important that you understand that worship is far more than music many people worship think that worship is just a synonym for music they say at our church we have the worship first and then the teaching this is a big misunderstanding every part of a church service is an act of worship Praying, reading the scriptures, singing, confession, silence, being still, listening to a sermon, taking notes, giving an offering, baptism, communion, signing a commitment card, and even greeting other worshippers. Actually, worship predates music. Adam worshipped in the Garden of Eden, but music is not mentioned until in Genesis 4. If worship were just music, then all who are non-musical could never worship. Worship is far more than music. Even worse, worship is often misused to refer to a particular style of music. First, we sang a hymn, then a praise, and then worship song. In our own local place, when, when the song is slow, we say we are worshiping. Some people say, let us get into the mood of worship. And I used to joke, I say, what mood have you been all along? You know? So, people misconstrue. They think that worship is a particular style of, you know, singing. Worship has nothing to do with the style of volume or speed of a song. God loves all kinds of music because he invented it all. Fast and slow, loud and soft, old and new. You probably don't like it all, but God does. If it is offered to God in spirit and truth, it is an act of worship. Christians often disagree over the style of music used in worship, passionately defending their preferred style as the most biblical or God-honoring. But there is no biblical style. Personally, as a person, I'm not a fan of Makosa. Makosa. But I have gone to places, in fact, when we started church for 10 years, I banned the use of Makosa. But when, when I see that there are some people, that is the kind of worship that blesses them. Any other thing you do, they don't, they don't seem to be in the service. But the moment you begin to play Makosa, everything changes. And I had to call our worship leader one day and say, look, we restore Makosa. Because some people, that is what blesses them. I had reasons why I didn't like the Makosa beat. But then there are lots of people who love it and it's blessing them. And that's the only way they express themselves to God. So all kinds of music blesses God. You know, there are some instruments in the Bible that we don't even have presently. There are no more in use. But people used it to bless God. People used it in worship. 
The music style you like best actually, in reality, says more about you than it says about God. It only talks about your personality, the leanings that you have, and so on and so forth. I am given to slow music, you know. I'm given to something that is slow. I'm given to lyrics that speak more about him than that speak about me. So, the kind of music you like has more to do about you, your background, your personality, than it does about God. One ethnic group's music can sound like noise to another, but God likes variety and enjoys all. There's no such thing, in fact, as Christian music. There are only Christian lyrics. It is the words that make a song sacred, not the tune. There are no spiritual tunes. If I play the song for you without the words, you will have no way of knowing whether it's a Christian or not a Christian song. It is also important that you understand that worship is not for your benefit. Pastors all around the world receive information and notes that said, you know, we love the song today. I got a lot out of it. You know, this is a misconception about worship. Worship is not to your benefit. We worship for God's benefit. We, When we worship, our goal is to bring pleasure to God, not ourselves. If you have ever, if you have ever said, I didn't get anything out of worship today, you worship for the wrong reason. Worship isn't for you, it's for God. It's very important for you to understand this. Every activity can be transformed into an act of worship. This is a cardinal truth we hold even in our local assembly. I tell them there's nothing, no gift, no ability that you have that cannot be used to worship God. Including cooking food. You can use it as an act of worship. Every activity can be transformed into an act of worship when you do it for the praise and the glory and the pleasure of God. When you do it to make God happy. When you do it to bring glory to God. This is the secret to a lifestyle of worship. Doing everything as if you were doing it for Jesus. Doing everything. The Bible says whatsoever you do. The Bible says whether in words or in action, do it the glory of God. Work can become worship when you dedicate it to God and perform it with the awareness of his presence. And you do it with the whole of your heart. Even work can be worship. You know, how you handle your money, the money is your own, but you can do it in a way that it does not bring glory to God. And once it is not bringing glory to God, you cannot take it as an act of worship. It must be seen as an act of worship. When you, when you, when you, the way you treat your customers, when your customers come to your shop, is an act of worship. Anything that is done with the realization that, you know the Bible says, where two or three are gathered, I am there in the midst of them. So many people don't know that the way we treat our customers, God is looking at it. That is the reason why we do not have strong, you know, it, our uh, in the marketplace, our ministry in the marketplace is deficient because we are we have people who, when they do business, they do business more to gain and to even, you know, to de- defraud their customers more than they do it to the glory of God. Do you know that even you that is buying something from someone, you can do it to the glory of God. I remember that I I, I, I I once traveled and I had to use this POS where people, you know, just get money from this roadside POS. And the lady counted the money and she counted the money 1,000 naira more than what she was supposed to give me. 
I was following her to count the money when she was giving me, and I noticed that it was it seemed to be a bit above. But since she was one that was counting it and didn't see the error, she gave it to me. The moment she gave it to me, I counted it, and I noticed, I said, ah, it seems to be more than what she was supposed to give me. And I said to her, did you, how much did you give me? And she told me the amount, and that was supposed to be the correct amount. I got into the car and counted it the second time. I noticed it was a little bit above. Now, I counted the third time, removed the part that's supposed to be for me, and noticed that something was left over and above. So I gave the brother who was driving the car. I said, please help me to count this money. And he counted it for the fourth time and noticed that the lady gave me much more than she was supposed to give me. And I told him, I said, reverse the car. And he reversed the car. And I went back to her and I said to her, you gave me much more than you were supposed to give me. And I gave her back that money. The lady didn't say much, but I could see in her eye. I could see the joy. I could see, I mean, and I will tell you something. That will be her testimony all day. It's possible that her profit for that day will not be up to the amount of money that she had to give me back. That will be her testimony all day, you know. And even if she does not know that I'm a Christian and I did it to the glory of God, I didn't do it so that I'll be a nice guy. If it was about being a nice guy, I would have left with the money. But I did it to the glory of God. I did it because I needed to bless another human being. I put my place in her shoes. That lady is going to leave her place of work that day and she's going to continue giving glory to God that God intervened on her behalf. What you do, everything you do, in words or in deed, do it to the glory of God. Do it as if God is involved in that transaction. If you want to see the hand of God at work in your life. Amen and amen. I hope you've been blessed with this um, eighth lesson in living the life of impact. You can make impact every day of your life. When you live according to purpose, when you live to bring glory to God. The Bible says God is looking for them who will worship him in spirit and in truth. We go looking for God to worship, but I discovered that God is also looking for some people. And it's them that worship him in spirit and in truth. I've been blessed. I hope you've been blessed. Please call the numbers at the end of our broadcast and you can request for the purpose driven church book we will get it to you free of charge and you can be a part of part of the study as we continue in this study it's been great being sharing the word of god to you and being a blessing wherever you are you can call our lines and get appointments and you can call our lines and get prayer to be done our team are ready and on standby god bless you i will see you at the next broadcast I'm sure you have been blessed by today's episode of Compass. Let's continue the interaction on our social media platforms at Hella E. Michelia on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, keep moving in the direction of your destiny.